You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Breaking Bread with Jen. On today's episode, we open up the pod with Tracy Robinson. But before we get started, um, I want to do a few little housekeeping uh, things before we truly open up the pod with our guests. Um, as we grow and expand as a podcast, um, I want everyone to go to Instagram and follow the Breaking Bread podcast uh, IG page. And it is at Breaking Bread underscore podcast. So breaking bread is one word, underscore podcast. And as I mentioned on our uh, most recent episode prior to this one, we have a new location where we are recording. It is Podcast Detroit and things are going lovely and swell and well at the new recording studio. So this is an exciting time for the podcast and I just appreciate everyone's support as we grow and expand. So we're going to open up the pod now officially to our guest, Tracy Robinson of Words for the Soul Book Club. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Jean. (laughs) So it feels like we have known each other since forever, (laughs) which is really uh, crazy how our energy works with each other. I agree. Um. I've known Tracy's husband probably before Tracy knew her husband, right? I'm sure. (laughs) I I believe that is correct. (laughs) Her husband, Charlie, uh, he's a great guy. He used to bake uh, cakes for me. Um, I met her husband on Twitter, of all places. And it just kind of like grew from there. Kind of knew a few people in common, not too many, but he would be on social media uh, promoting his cakes baking. Yes. And uh, I don't know, one thing led to another and, you know, he just started baking for me. I don't know. (laughs) But it was like more than just baking. Like I was getting VIP treatment. Like he was dropping the cakes off at my house. He does that. Oh, is that also it wasn't VIP? (laughs) say he does it for everyone okay. but he will make the you know the extra delivery. effort he will. okay he will and so then um that went on for a few years he hasn't baked for me in a while um because then i took it upon myself and bought myself a kitchen aid and i tried to make my own pound cakes the way he would make them for me but they never taste the way his do but <laughs> um then fast forward from that, and then I look up one day, and he was getting married to you on Bell Isle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it kind of happened. <laughs> right, right, right. So tell me about your journey meeting him and, uh, you know, getting to the point where you guys ended up on Bell Isle together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a funny story that I love to tell. <laughs> okay, cool. But um, what's funny is we actually went to high school together. And he came out a year before me. Okay. But we never knew each other. Oh, okay. Uh, We were in 
different popularity levels. So um, I was quiet and shy and okay. kind of stayed to myself. And even though he's kind of quiet, he was still on the more popular end. Okay. Um, and when we began working together at Detroit 911, right. uh, we were in the same training class. And we developed a friendship there. Oh, okay. Um, We both had our own situations going on at the time. Mm, Okay. Uh, I think the term now is situationships. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But um, eventually um, he became a very close friend of mine where if you Mm. know him, you can talk to him about just about anything. He just has that in him. And um, eventually I'm like, I think I actually like him. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, he, he, you know, he did approach me and I'm like, boy, yeah, we're just friends. Stop playing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And um, from there, I had to realize I really enjoyed spending time with him. And from there, it just developed into what we are now. We are hashtag Team Robinson. Yes. And um, in 2004. The end of 2014, we really began to date. Okay. And by 2016, mm. we were married at yes, Bell Isle. At Bell Isle. Yes. I was on social media, like going through every picture, every video. <laughs> like, what? Charlie's getting married. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it was beautiful. So you guys just celebrated three years. We did. We Tell did. me about it because I was so excited to see that you guys went to Connecticut for, you know, New in- the New England part of America, the New England states. So what is that? Rhode Island, Connecticut, um, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. all of that. It's so pretty there. It is. So tell me about your anniversary trip. <sighs> Man, it was so breathtaking because... You're constantly in these mountains and, you know, you're going up and down and it's so scenic and the food is Mm. amazing. Like seafood? Oh, you have some of everything. Like we had seafood. Um, We went to this restaurant called The Chosen One. It was delicious. Mm. Um, And, you know, we went to a Mexican restaurant. Okay. And it put our Mexican town to shame. Really? Yes. Okay. Like they had table side guacamole. Oh, well, they make it right there with yes. the avocado. Okay, I would have liked that. I would have liked that. It, it was just delicious. Yeah. But the, the food was amazing. I had an opportunity to go to a vineyard. Like I they saw have several that. there. Yeah. Like it was it was an awesome time and we were also visiting um his cousin and her husband. Okay. And they are also newly wed-ish. Okay. Um, they're just... How many wanna, years are they? I want to say they're at two years. Okay. So they're just under mm-hmm, us. But mm-hmm. um, being able to celebrate black love together yes. and just speak on what marriage is like. Yeah. It was it was a wonderful trip. I know. It looked yes. like it. Um, I, I don't want anyone to think that I've been stalking you, your <laughs> husband, and your... But listen, I, I, I met them both through social media. So that's kind of like our foundation. Yes. <laughs> That keeps us all together. But yeah, I uh, saw the wedding at Belle Isle and I saw the anniversary trip in Connecticut. And yeah, this all is starting to sound really creepy. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, we have a lot to talk about. And I shared with you when I scheduled you to be my guest today, one of the topics that I wanted to um go over with you um during this um 
hour that we have to talk. Um, but I also wanted to talk to you about another part of your journey. And I did not want to share with you that we were going to talk about this mm. because I wanted it to be as organic as possible. Um, if you look at my logo, you see that there is a spiritual component, a Christian component to whatever this is I'm trying to do with breaking bread. <laughs> um, but on my logo for the listeners um, who are not familiar with my logo, it actually has a scripture attached to it. And the scripture is Acts 2035. And it's a pretty... Um, Long scripture, but to sum it all up, Acts 20, 35, it basically means that it's better to give than it is to receive. So um, with that being said, um, we're going to have church for a second here <laughs> with Tracy, um, because Tracy herself is a Christian um, and she has a testimony. And so, Tracy, I want to open up the pod um, with you talking about your test, your trial, your journey to your testimony. And that started in January of it 2019. Did. It did. So you know where I'm going with this. I do. So you take the mic and you go on and tell your story. Okay. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Well, Jer January 9th um, will forever be an important day to me. It was a day where I just did not feel like myself. Mm. And I had been sick for a couple of weeks. I had went to the hospital. They said, you have bronchitis. Gave me, a, you know, a few different medications to take. Sent me on my way. So it just so happened my parents had the kids for us this particular weekend. But they were dropping them back off. And um, Charlie, being a wonderful husband he is, is making us breakfast. Mm -hmm. And... You know, before he had started breakfast, I had kind of fell out a little bit because I, th I thought I had got up too quickly. The kids were about to tip over the playpen and I'm like, OK, mm. I got to get to them. OK. And so I didn't think anything of it. He said, well, just lay down. I'm going to go ahead and cook breakfast and um, I'll let you know when it's ready. I said, OK. I laid down. Um, he called me to come eat. And I just was not myself. I came to the table. He's looking at me. He's mm. like, babe, you okay? I'm like, I don't know. Mm. I couldn't answer the question. And within the next five minutes, he's like, well, do you think you need to go to the hospital? And I'm, I just said, I don't know. And he's looking at me and, and the way he tells it is that I just had this blank stare where I was just a shell of a person. I was mm. no longer looking like Tracy. Mm. And he's like, we're going to go to the hospital. And he's like, let's go ahead, get the kids together and you get dressed. How were you feeling in that moment physically? How were you feeling? Physically, I just felt like I had no energy that mm. I couldn't even eat I couldn't pick my fork up to even attempt to eat mm. and I'm like what is going on I had just called work letting them know I'm returning tonight and it just seemed like everything was off everything was moving extra slow mm. I just couldn't get with it and from the time of me getting up from the kitchen table to move to the dining room which is which is no more than 
four or five steps. Okay. I collapsed. What? Okay. I hit the floor and I could not get up. And my kids are there, my husband, and he's like, what is going on? Mm. And I immediately thought I was having a stroke. Mm. My speech was slurred. I could not move. Mm. It was one of the scariest moments of my life. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, we both have the 911 background. So we're immediately both in 911 mode. Wow. So he calls up to the job. He's like, okay, I think Tracy is either having a stroke or a seizure. He got me to the couch and immediately I lost all control of my body. I'm shaking. I'm trembling. I have no control of my limbs. They're doing all types of crazy things. Wow. And KJ, he's freaking out. Okay. KJ, for our listeners, is what? How old is KJ? KJ is two. Yeah, that's your son. Okay. Okay. And he's like, Mommy, are you okay? Well, you know, he's looking like something's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, My daughter, Lily, she's going crazy. Like, okay, what's wrong with my mom? So I don't know how, but she went from having clothes on to being completely naked. No diaper, no nothing. (laughs) Now we can look back and laugh at it, but we're like, okay, how is she completely naked? Did she she, do that? She did it. Oh, she She got completely naked. She was anxious. And she got into my arms. And, um, you know, I'm just holding her as well as I can. Um, My husband, again, is freaking out, but they already had the EMS en route. Okay, But, you know, I couldn't really speak well. It was getting to the point where I couldn't talk at all. Mm. Um, His uncle came because we needed somebody to help us with the kids and everything else. Mm. And when the medics get there, they're like, has this ever happened before? And he's like, no, never. Mm -hmm. And they're asking me what was going on. You know, they get the background. They're confused, too. They don't know what it is. But they're leaning more towards stroke. And... um. So I get uh, put into the EMS and they take me to Detroit receiving. And, um, you know, they're going through the protocol to just verify if it is a stroke Mm -hmm. because, you know, you have a small window to handle a stroke situation. Yeah. Um, By that time, my parents are there. They got there quickly. And my mom's back there with me and they're asking questions and, you know, I can barely speak. And they're like, it, you know, does she take drugs? And no, she doesn't take drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's going on? Has this ever happened before? No, this has never happened before. Right. And we had already told the medics that, you know, I was put on um, albuterol, um, codeine. Tylenol with codeine and uh, another medication. I can't remember at the moment. For what reason were you already on those? For the bronchitis that they said I had. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, because of the type of traffic that comes through Detroit receiving, Mm -hmm. they were automatically assuming I was overdosing on drugs. Yeah. And they subsequently treated me as such. Really? Yes. So, um. They went ahead, caught the stroke unit out, and they're like, okay, we got to get her up for the MRI. Let's go. We have to do this now. So I'm rushed up there. They get me up there. They're like, okay, you have to take this uh, clot buster, and mm. you have um, a 4% chance of dying. What? A 4% chance of dying, or um, I forget the other percent yeah. percentage of your um, blood vessels just exploding. Oh, my goodness. Are you going to take it? What? 
wait a minute here. Right. <laughs> Whoa. What in let's, the world let's back up a little happening? bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to talk to my husband. I, I Yeah. We yeah. need to discuss this. I yeah. can't just make this decision right now. Yeah. So, you know, they run and get get him and they say the same thing to him. And he's like, what is going on? What mm-hmm. are you talking about? My mm-hmm. wife was just 100 percent fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had the bronchitis. But this wh- how did we get here? Oh. So he's looking to my parents and they're like, this is your decision. And mm-hmm. he's like, I got to talk to my wife. Mm-hmm. So we come together and I'm like, well, if this is what we got to do, this is what we got to do. We have to have faith. It's going to be OK. Mm-hmm. And he's like, OK, we're going to do this. Now, this is all during the same day yes. from the ambulance, which I didn't know you got taken to the hospital in the ambulance from the ambulance taking you to Detroit receiving this is all happening same day. This quickly. Okay. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. And um, so we agreed we're going to do this. So they're getting my IVs together to go ahead and give me this injection. And my husband, before he had got to me, had reminded the doctor, like, what is going on? I, what about the medication she took? Is it a reaction? Mm. And the neurologist is like, what medications? What? Yes. Well, I gave them to the medics. They had them. They were on her, you know, Ooh. on her, with her. And he's like, well, what what did she take? So he told them mm-hmm. and they were literally running up to us and said, no, don't give it to her. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <sighs> yes. Because it would have been an adverse reaction. Yes. So oh, Tracy, we get to that point. And so they're like, OK, well, it could be just a combination you know a bad dosage you probably took too much i'm like no i took it exactly as it stated Mm -hmm. i only had two doses based on the timeline that i'm supposed to take it Mm -hmm. well we'll keep you overnight for observation going through observation and by this time i had popped back to normal oh i had popped back to normal my speech was regular what like now like how you're talking now. how i'm talking now everything was fine but i'm like Okay, I just, but I'm just not comfortable going home. I don't understand. Through the night, I started having these, what we like to call episodes, because I would go through tremors. It was as if I was having a seizure or a stroke because my voice would change. Uh, my body's jerking. Mm. It's a scary sight. So it was similar to what was happening back at the house when you were on the sofa. Yes. was now happening in the hospital. Yes. Was there any medical staff that was observing these tremors and things? What was going on at that moment? He, my husband would call, Charlie would call them and say, hey, she's going through it again. Yes. And they would come in and look and they're just trying to figure out what's going on. Mm. So it went from happening occasionally to begin being constant. So they're like, okay, we're going to move you actually up to the observation floor. Okay. So I'm going through it. They're, you know, setting me up for all these different tests. They're asking me all these questions. And repeatedly I'm being asked, are you sure you don't take drugs? Yes, I'm positive. I don't take drugs. That's just not what I, I work for the police. I mean, come on. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're constantly going through this and, you know, we're seeing all these different doctors. You had the, um, you know, general practitioner uh, doctor. Then you have the neurologist neurologist team coming. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we're thinking we're talking to the same doctor. And I'm like, I know I told you this stuff. And he's like, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. And even my husband is getting frustrated. So come to find out they're twins. Mm. 
Girl. <laughs> this is insane. Yes, they're twins. So one is a neurologist and then one is just, you know, the general doctor. Oh, my for the... goodness. And at no point. No one thought no to one, tell us. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we're going through that. But during this whole process, um, I the treatment was just just terrible. Absolutely okay. terrible. Like I said, it's just what they're used to seeing, I guess. Mm. And, you know, assumptions that they're making. You know, I heard nursing staff tell, you know, the um it's not the nurse, but the um the assistant that comes and helps with the patients, you okay. know, clean them up or whatever. Okay. Yeah, you need to go and wash her up. She stinks. And what? mind you, I've been in the hospital over a day now. Oh my god. You know, you know, and I can hear this and oh. it's just continuously adding to my stress. Yeah. And, you know, one of the nurses um, you know, mentioned conversion disorder. Okay. And she's like, you know, the doctors are thinking it could be this. I had never heard of it. Didn't know what it was. No doctor had mentioned it yet. And I had been there over a day now. Mm -hmm. And I started doing my little Google research. And I'm like, well, maybe it could be this. Um, I don't know. So I I, I showed it to Charlie. He's like, no, I don't think it's that. It it has to be something different. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. So they're running all these different tests, but I was getting progressively worse. Mm. The convulsions were getting uh, uh, just so worse. And Are you still in the hospital? Still in the hospital. How many days did you stay in the hospital? Ten days. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Ten days. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm in there, and there's I'm coming to the point now where I become non-responsive. Where you would think I'm unconscious, but I'm not. What? I can't open my eyes. I can't oh, speak. I can't react to um, painful stimulation. Mm. But I can hear everything. Wow. And you heard the the medical staff saying those unkind things about you. Yes. Because they thought that you were asleep or couldn't hear them exactly wow so you're going through Mm. this and your husband's watching your mom's down there and they are just like what is going on this Mm. is this is not normal i've never seen this before yeah and um finally after being in observation i want to say for two days i finally get up to a room i'm in a room things are getting progressively worse and you know, the neurologist team, they just don't know what's going on. I have different family members staying with me overnight because of the treatment I was getting to the point where one night okay. I was in so much. Generally, when I'm going through these things, it wasn't painful. A discomfort, yes. Painful, no. Mm-hmm. But I had one where it's to the point where my chest felt like it was about to explode. Oh my goodness. And the same doctor from the ER and the neurologist team from the neurologist team was the one who responded. And at this point, I couldn't talk. I couldn't open my eyes. Mm, mm, mm. You know, he's digging his nail or not his nail, his knuckles into my chest to see if I'm going to react right. to see if this is real. Yes. It's painful. It hurts. Digging his nails into my wrist to try to get me to respond yes. to see is this real? Is yes. it not real? What's really going on? Yes. And I can't mm. imagine not being able to say, Dude, that hurts. Yeah. Stop. Right. And finally, he's like, why'd you guys call me up here? I remember her. She's the druggie from the ER. Tracy, I am in utter disbelief 
What? And this is at Detroit Receiving? Yes. Did you file some type of patient complaint? Yes, since, we did. Since you got out and got better and all that? Yes, okay. we did. Okay, good. We filed multiple complaints because it was against so many different yes, parties. in HIPAA. Within Those are HIPAA the, violations. The hospital. Yeah. And once I was finally able to come to... And because my um, aunt had stayed with me that particular night and she decided to call Charlie and have him come back down because, you know, he was staying there all day. He wasn't getting any rest. And I'm like, I understand why you did it, because this one was it was hard. Mm -hmm. So he gets there and I look at him with tears in my eyes Mm -hmm. and I tell him what happens. Mm -hmm. And at this point, my voice isn't the same. Mm -hmm. And it's a struggle for me to make sure people can understand. Yes, I remember seeing um, the video that you did in your hospital gown. Um, And it was hard to understand what Mm -hmm. you were saying, but it was obvious that you were fighting. Yes. You were fighting to stay present Mm -hmm. you were fighting to stay in the physical flesh you were fighting to stay who you are absolutely and not lose your dignity um and it was almost like you did that video to remind us but also to remind yourself I agree. You see what I'm saying? Yes. I was picking up on your energy, Tracy. Yes. And throughout that whole video, this is how I knew that you were a Christian. Because, again, for the listeners, you know, I, I, I just knew it through social media. Um, You kept on calling on the name Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Throughout that whole video, you said Jehovah so many times. You were fighting. I could see it. Why did you make that video? And why were you saying the name Jehovah? What did that mean to you in that moment? Well, I made the video for those who have been through my situation. And to give them hope that you can't overcome this. This isn't the end. This isn't, it can it can change mm-hmm. and to understand how much stress affects the body. Mm. And when we did a rundown of all the stresses that were building up upon me, I realized, man, I need a break. Yeah. And I wanted to share with people and show them that if you don't take a break, you could be here. Mm. And to remember, don't let yourself get here. And if you do get here, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. And so that was important for us to document it. We still do. Yeah. And um, I use the name Jehovah because I am one of Jehovah's Witnesses and yeah. I am a Christian. And yes. I know that it's only because of him that I'm here to even speak with you today. Mm. And that whatever faith you have. Um, you know, you have to depend on that. Yeah. Because through it all, even when others were like, babe, I, I, I just don't know. My husband, I just don't know. My my parents, I just don't know. We got to have faith. Yes. That mm-hmm. I'm going to pull through this. Mm-hmm. We're going to pull through this. Mm-hmm. It's going to take effort, but we are going to pr- pull through this. And I know it's because of my faith and reliance on the power that, only Jehovah can give. Yeah. 
And so I felt it necessary to share that with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very transparent and very personal video. And so since that time, you've gotten out of the hospital, of course. Yes. And so upon discharge, you did yet another video of you uh, coming home. Yes. And, uh, you know, that Again, was a very uh, personal and transparent video that yet again showed you fighting. Um, you know, Tracy, for the listeners, when she got discharged from the hospital and went home, she could barely walk. You could barely walk. I was so taken aback when I saw that video of you on that walker trying to get in the house through the living room to the bedroom down the hallway mm-hmm. okay um so what did they discharge you from the hospital as saying was your diagnosis basically they didn't know okay and um they equated it to tremors mm. and that's it no official diagnosis of conversion disorder, even though it was thrown around. They did not specifically call it that because after the numerous tests that I had done, everything, I was healthy. Mm-hmm. They could not find any medical reason to explain what was going on with me and my body. Yeah. And versus them officially diagnosing me that way. I had to go to my primary care doctor mm. and after she, she didn't have me go through all those tests again. She had the trait receiving send over yes. my files, my tests, all of the results got with her team because even when I came in, she was like, I know this isn't normal, but we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Just give me some time and we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's when After seeing her, I was officially diagnosed with conversion disorder. Wow. And for me, it is triggered by stress or being um, very fatigued. Mm. So I have to ensure that I'm keeping my stress levels very low and that I'm getting the rest that I need. Now, explain to the listeners exactly what conversion disorder is, because and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's an autoimmune disorder. Disorder, correct? Correct? Like lupus or MS? Or it's no? not Am I too far off from that. Okay, well, you tell us. You it's tell us. Um, basically it's a psychological disorder. Oh, and okay. There is all, you know, there is such a stigma against addressing um, mental health issues mm. and um. Educators, I had no idea that it was a a, 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 psycho- a psychological disorder. It is a psychological okay. disorder. Okay. It, it is connected to um, neurology. Okay. However, the best way to treat it mm-hmm. is to eliminate stress. Okay. Okay. There isn't necessarily a medication to correct it. Okay. You have to become... Centered within yourself. Mm. You have to learn how to meditate properly, Mm. how to acknowledge the fact that, yes, this does bother you. Everyone has stresses. Yes. The difference is everyone doesn't know how to deal with those stresses. Okay. Okay. So ultimately, um, my treatment plan included for me to 
um, meditate properly. Okay. Get my rest. Okay. And if needed to include therapy. Okay. Where you go and speak with someone who is unbiased mm-hmm. and can help direct you on the path to get to the resolution you need to. Okay. And that is the basis of my treatment plan. Um, and what has helped me tremendously is uh, reading. Oh, and, wow. um, this year I started reading books specific to my personal growth and my mental health. Okay. And bringing me into a place to better understand how to negotiate my thoughts mm-hmm. and address the feelings that I have on those mm. and to stop focusing on the negative. Yeah. And learn how to focus on the positive that, yes, this did happen and it's horrible and it's terrible, Mm. but we can't stay stuck in that. Right. We have to find a way to get past it and focus on the positive and understand that obstacles are part of life. Yes. And it's what we do with those obstacles and learn how to become the best versions of ourselves. So I'm on the journey of being the best version of Tracy I can ever be. So what would you say is your testimony after going through this my testimony is to listen to your body Mm -hmm. we are wonderfully made Mm -hmm. and if you actually pay attention to your body the warning signs for me were there probably a year and a half long before january probably a year year and and a half half ago wow okay and i ignored them you Mm. know aches and pains that just doesn't make sense having tennis elbow i don't even play tennis right you know like these little things just coming up frequently losing my voice for no reason okay you know just listen to your body Mm -hmm. it was made in such a way that it knows before you know. Yeah, yeah. And even though on a conscious level you don't recognize it, on a subconscious level you do. Yeah. And you have to pay attention to those subconscious moments that we have all the time where you're looking at yourself and you're like, man, I just, I don't know, something's just not right. Pay attention to that because it probably isn't. And I just know that my testimony is that having an excellent support system is important to have people in your life that understand what you're going through and that you have to be balanced in everything. You have to yes. address, you know, your spiritual, your physical, your mental, all of those needs mm-hmm. must be addressed in order for you to have true balance in life. So yeah. my testimony is for everyone to understand you need a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. not one of one thing. You have to have a little bit of everything and to pray for direction. Yes. Because you will receive it. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity to share your journey with me. Some of that I didn't even know. So I'm glad that you were able to uh, be a vessel because hopefully someone will receive this and say let me go to the doctor yes (laughs) please do or or let me pull back and have the uh, power to say no yes no i'm going to stay at home and chill no um 
I'm not going to overextend myself. Um, no is a complete sentence. It's power in the word no. Absolutely. <laughs> Just like it's power in the name Jesus. So I'm glad that you are doing much better. You look cute as a button Thank for you. all of our listeners. Um, so the thing that connected you and I outside of your husband <laughs> um, is Words for the Soul book club. Yes. How did I even get pulled into that? I don't even know. You know, I'm sure it was because of Charlie because he was promoting it on okay. his page. Okay. And, you know, he invited a few people okay. because he is <laughs> he's the enforcer for the book club. Right. You know, if right. something's popping off that he's like, yeah, no, we're not going to have any of that. So he's there for that purpose. And yeah. in the beginning, he invited uh, quite a few people to join us. With. OK, so that's probably how I became aware of it. Yes. So tell us about Words for the Soul Book Club. Well, I love to read and it was something that I had gotten away from, you know, as life takes over. And um, back in 2016, I started picking back up with reading because uh, KJ, my firstborn, his pregnancy was rough mm. on me. Okay. And um, so I had a little bit more free time because I was off work. I had came off work probably like two months early. And so I was reading and I got to thinking, I'm like, babe, what do you think about me doing a book club? He's like, well, you know, go for it. So I would actually, you know, make statuses on Facebook. Like, you know, if I made a book club, would anyone participate, join? What type of books would you want to read? Things like that. But I kept hemming and hawing back and forth, back and forth. And finally, in 2017, I launched it and just said, you know, I love to read um, and want to just share my love of books with others. I'll have a list of books, but don't feel pressured. You know, you you read as you can. Or if it's something else that you are reading, you want to discuss That's This is the forum for you to be able to do so. And so that's what's been going on since 2017. And what I like about the book club, because I am a member uh, <laughs> to the best of my ability, um, is that um, some of the authors that have been selected as books of the month um, have been some of my personal friends. Um, and they've been featured and hopefully their book sales increased during hopefully. the short period that they were featured on the uh, Words for the Soul Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, what are some media outlets where you can be reached? It's Words for the Soul, which is a public Facebook page, right? So if Correct. someone does a search, they can find it. Correct. It's um, actually a group page. Um, so you would find it under groups, but again, it is public. Then I have the actual page page, <laughs> um, words for the soul lounge. And I typically post all of the reviews, there, podcasts, events, so that if you haven't read the book, I don't want to spoil it for you. So you have the option to, you know, read the review or just focus on the various posts I do throughout the month in the group page. I'm also on uh, Instagram is still works for the soul, but there uh, are underscores included in the name. So there's two underscores before and then one in between each uh, word. So okay. it's spelled so completely out words for the soul with the underscore in between. Okay. So it's two underscores, mm -hmm. then words, 
underscore for underscore the underscore soul. Correct. And that's the Instagram account. Then there's words for the soul lounge on Facebook. Correct. And then the group page for all of the readers. And if you want to join the book club and actively read along from month to month um, is words for the soul. Correct. On Facebook. All right. <laughs> and I also have a Twitter Twitter page. Um, that one's at words for the soul. But the L is actually the number two. All one. There's no spaces, underscores or anything like that. And uh, my YouTube channel works for the soul lounge. Okay, great. Um, let's move forward and talk about, is this featured the unknown? First of all, let me just be clear. I'm, I'm a tad bit younger than Tracy, okay? <laughs> so when Tracy started putting this hashtag up <laughs> that said feet, F-E-A-T, the T-H-A, unknown, I did not know what... <laughs> This hashtag was trying to say to me or anyone else. I figured it out that it was saying feature the unknown. Am I correct? Featuring the unknown. Yes. Featuring the unknown. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about featuring the unknown because all of these things, words for the soul, featuring the unknown, these are all a part of Tracy's brands and things that since her trial in January of 2019, she just has been chugging right along, keeping it moving like she was never in a space where she couldn't walk, talk or move. So I want you all to pay close attention to how her uh, giving and not re- looking to receive Acts 2035, according to the Breaking Bread uh theme foundation has served her very well because featuring the unknown has had several events and they've been successful. You have another event coming up and we're going to get to that, but talk to me about featuring the unknown. Where did that come from and what is the purpose of that? Okay. So um, when I was still working for the city of Detroit, I had a coworker who said she had written a book, but she hadn't published it yet. So I said, I would love to read it. And she said, okay, cool. I'll let you read it. So I um, ended up doing a beta read in December for it. And now, what had, is a beta read? What is that? Basically, this gives um, someone, it gives the author the opportunity to have someone take a look at their work before they actually publish it. Go through, read it, and give an honest breakdown of opinions, things that you may see that are off. You know, if it's a timeline issue or, you know, are you sure you want to go that route? Or, you know, just give an honest opinion as an avid reader or someone who's interested in reading or loves books to give you constructive criticism, positive feedback, whatever you want to call it. You have that opportunity to do so before you actually publish your work. Okay. All right. So it's almost like a sneak reader. Okay. So I did this and the name of the book is The Dirty Glove. And it was so many different things connected to why she hadn't published it yet. And I said, you know what? I want to help you become a published author. And she agreed. 
and once our timelines and schedules came together, we were able to put on the very first Featuring the Unknown back in June with a Juneteenth theme. Okay. And uh, she was my feature author, and her name is C. Lark. And I also had another relatively unknown author, poetry author, Justin Gordon, and a seasoned independent author, Sylvia Hubbard. Yes, I'm familiar with Sylvia Hubbard. <laughs> yes. And the event was in June mm-hmm. um, at a black-owned business yes. in Detroit. And what was the name of the black-owned business? 313 Detroit's Brand. And that's located on the Avenue of Fashion. Yes. Um, you have another event coming up that's going to be similar. Yes. Is it going to be at 313 on the Avenue of Fashion it in is. Detroit? Okay, talk to me about that. Okay, so if anyone doesn't know Clement Fame Brown, you need to. He's out here doing his thing. Wow. And if you follow him on any of his social media, he's doing numbers and he is looking to help the community in as many ways possible. And um, it's funny that I didn't even know he put on events at his uh, location. I met him through my husband. Go figure. <laughs> um, and her, his first location for 313 used to be near downtown Detroit on Shane and Jefferson. Okay. And when we were in there doing some shopping, they were speaking of an event that they were having. I'm like, oh, because, you know, I had tried to do one at Sweet Potato Sensations. And he's like, oh, I know her. You know, what were you trying to do? What do you do? And I told him I had a book club. He was like, oh, you can use my venue. I'm Aww. like, really? So... That was months prior to, and we finally, you know, locked in on a date, and he agreed upon it, and it's not a fee to use his location or anything like that. I can't say if, if that's the case for everything. Right, right, right. But at least... Let's not stop um, that man's coin. Yeah, okay. you know, but he is looking to help the community in as many ways as possible, and I appreciate fame. Like, he, he does his thing out oh, here. Oh, okay. So the next event is going to be at his location. Yes. And when is the next event? It is a Sweetest Day event, October 19th, from uh, 2 p.m. until 4 p.m. And what's going to occur at that event? Well, this uh, particular event, I like to have themes. So this theme is for the love of, and it can be the love of anything. You know, Mm. there's so many different loves out there. Mm -hmm. And um, I have four authors this go round. And wow. (laughs) Yes. I have two male authors included on this one. Okay. Um, One, his name is uh, Centel Smith. This is his very first book that he's published, and it's called um, Call Numbers. And he's going to be the feature author. So, you know, that's the one that I really want to get the name out there because this is his first uh, work of art. Okay. Um, And then I have um, also Jada Pearl. She's an African-American author who is going to be there, a romance um, author. Mm -hmm. And then I also have uh, Jeremiah Loquacious Denton. And he's a poetry author. And the book that he has is basically the thoughts of the woman that he loves that he hasn't met. Mm. So, you know, that one is kind of, that's a deeper one for me, you know. And then my seasoned author is Blackbird. You should be familiar with her. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I'm very excited. She has a new book that she's recently uh, release that's going to be right on time for this event. So okay. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited and uh, hope 
some of you guys can come out and visit us. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. Um, you know, I'm free on Sweetest Day. <laughs> For now. You know? <laughs> For now. Uh, but what time is the event and how can people get in touch with you if they want to attend? Is it uh, tickets or what? what this is have a, to do to a public event. It's all free. No tickets um, are involved. So if you want to come, just come. I ha- I'll have a promo video coming very soon in regards to what to expect. And um, you can check out the previous feature in the unknown. We didn't video the entire event, but we gave you snippets of the highlights of what you can expect coming out to one of these types of events. Um, but if you have any questions, concerns, or would like to participate in a future featuring the unknown, you can contact me through my email and it's words with the number four. So lounge words for so lounge at gmail.com. And what time is the event on October 19th? Uh, 2 p.m. To 4 p.m. 2 to 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. on October 19th yes. at 313 Clothing Store on the Avenue of Fashion in Detroit, Michigan, which is located on Livernois and Seven Mile area. Correct. Okay. So as we uh, close out, one of the things that I like to do with my guests who come to break bread with me on Breaking Bread with Jen is to ask them what their favorite entree is. (laughs) You knew this was coming. I did. So what (laughs) is your favorite entree? You know, Charlie and I discussed this on a ride over to here. I'm like, I <laughs> so just, you knew I was going to ask you. <laughs> I've listened to your podcast. Thank you. Thank so you. I knew. Yes, yes, yes. If I could prepare for anything, this would be <laughs> right, it. Right, right. And, you know, I, I went back and forth. I'm like, I don't know because I love so many different foods. But if I had to pick one, I probably would say a T-bone steak. Oh, a T-bone steak. Yes, that bone in just does something for me. Made at home or uh, at a restaurant? You know, uh, Charlie and I are a good tag team when it comes to the grill. Oh, I know. I love when you guys cook together. <laughs> I got so excited today. I almost came over and ate dinner when you guys yeah. tag teamed in the kitchen the other yes, day. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> typically I'll do the seasoning and marinade and he'll grill it, but he'll grill it to perfection. Mm, so it's a good. team effort. It's a yeah, team effort. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us today, Tracy. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Yes, this was absolutely lovely. Um, So we're going to close out today's episode. I want to remind everyone to go to my Instagram for the podcast and follow. That's how you stay tuned to new episodes that drop, what's going on with the podcast, what's going on with Breaking Bread. So that um, Instagram account is Breaking Bread, one word, Breaking Bread underscore podcast on Instagram. And so as we close out, remember Acts 2035, it is better to give than to receive. Talk to you later.